Look what came in the mail from a very secret source. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a, it's from a, <laughs> the weirdest thing, just like the, 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 the actually the niece of Bengal. Uh, uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, her name is, is Dangle. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it Janine? It's, yeah, it's Janine, it's Janine, De, Janine Denhouse. But yeah, so she, she sent me that poster. Yeah, and two nice, others, nice. oddly enough. <laughs> yeah. Her middle name is Vistaprint. <laughs> Janine Vista Print Denhouse. <laughs> this podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thundercast. My name is Lucas. My name is Christian. And I'm Liam, here with another podcast that just talks about movies. That's right. Today, we are coming to you live from just a random pit of water where you put bodies. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's just water. There's nothing in it, so don't worry about that. It's just water. We're just going to put you in there for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to dangle, dangle your yeah. dead corpse over top of it. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about today? We, yeah. Uh, well, first off, uh, we are sponsored by our patrons. Oh, yeah. uh, and all y'all will get a shout out at the end of the show. Uh, but t- but today we are we are going to be talking about the legendary uh, martial arts uh, movie master, uh, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee in our Bruce Lee episode three of our actionothon, uh, <laughs> which uh, yeah. Anyway, what are we gonna do? We gotta start the first. episode off, right? Yeah, we gotta we gotta start it off with an ingestion. That's right. Who All should right. go first? All right, I can go first. I don't have I don't have too much. Uh, because the movies that I did watch were very long. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I have been rewatching uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I've watched yes. uh, and the extended editions. I've, I've watched uh, 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 Fellowship of the Ring and I've watched The Two Towers. I have yet to watch uh, Return of the King, but I'm going to do that uh, tomorrow. Um, there's not a whole lot to say because I fucking love those movies. I, <laughs> yeah. I was actually going to say uh, uh, when you mentioned the extended editions, I actually have never sat down and watched the extended. I've only, no? I own the uh, theatricals and I've only seen the individual scenes or the really big ones that have been put back in. Oh, mm. fair enough. Okay. I just yeah. find watching the extended editions like in like edited in just very daunting. Yeah, and- that is totally fair. Uh, that, that's why I, I love the version that I have. The version that I have separates the movie into six discs. So you can essentially watch it as six hour and a half movies, which is like way more digestible than three, like four, like three to four hour movies. It's, it's just way, it's, it's, it's way less daunting. It's way easier because there's like a built in break where you can go like get a snack or eat something or go to the Oh, bathroom. each movie is two discs. Yeah. Each movie is two discs. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, back when they used to do uh, VHS tapes with the two tapes. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I, I really like it personally for how long those movies are. Because like you can, it, it feels like you watched a normal movie mm-hmm. once you finish one of the discs. Like it, it's not until you get to Return of the King that uh, they're actually, each half is still more than two hours. <laughs> well, when I was a kid uh, and I would watch uh, the space, back when it was called the Space Channel, they used to uh, sometimes do the Lord of the Rings movies. And uh, they would split the theatricals into parts. Like, so one week, one Saturday, you would have the first half of uh, of uh, Fellowship. And then you'd, mm-hmm. yeah, and then you'd have to wait like next week to watch the next, the second half of uh, the Fellowship. That would be so yeah. annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when it comes to like movie trilogies that tell like one cohesive story, 
I don't think there's one that's better than the, than the Lord of the Rings. Mm. Like, like I think individual movies, sure. Like, I think personally, I think like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is probably better than like probably most of the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm. <laughs> but like as a full trilogy, like I don't think there's anything that beats the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, well, because they're all well. Again, they have a Ben. <laughs> Sorry. Those are those are three individual movies. They're not yep. one full. And back oh, to yes, the future. And again, Back to the Future Part Two uh, has the disconnect from the first one. The way the second or the way the third one doesn't have from the third because well, one it was like five years later. Sorry, and for, for those of you who are listening, I coughed and pointed at my Back to the Future yep. posters. Liam, go yeah, ahead. yeah. <laughs> um, but like, there's a bit of a disconnect between um, Back to the Future's one at parts one and two because. Uh, well, there's a five-year gap, and also there's, uh, as I've talked about, there's a lot of stuff that I know if they weren't in the situation they were in that Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale would have done pretty differently. That's fair. So, mm-hmm. on a different Rob, or Robert, no, not his name, not Robert. <laughs> Who directed? Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. Where the hell was I going with that? <laughs> I have no me. idea. All right, Lucas. Uh, but... <laughs> Uh, I, I've been paying pretty close attention to the effects uh, this time around just because I want to see like how things hold up. And for the most part, they hold up really well, which is wild because I think this year is Fellowship's 20th anniversary. Yeah, oh, there's, uh, yeah. They, those movies knew how to hide their CGI very well. Very like, well. Like, the, the only things that really stand out are, are the odd like green screen shots. Mm-hmm. And only really when the film grain is very obvious. Like yeah. if, if like they're shooting like like outside or in the dark or whatever. Like there were a couple shots in Moria, like where Gandalf was standing on the bridge where you can tell that Gandalf was CGI'd in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's one particular shot in two towers uh, right before the battle with the wargs when the wargs attack uh, the Rohirrim on their way yeah. to Helm's Deep. Uh, Legolas is like running behind a warg and shooting arrows at it. And he's pretty obviously like, green screened in place even yeah. uh the yeah. wargs themselves like from my last rewatch i remember thinking there were a few maybe cuts or one other frames where i thought they looked a little funny but they moved so mm-hmm. quick that like i did that it doesn't really bother me yeah it's the same yeah. thing with uh the cave troll where as good as he looks there are a few points where i could tell he's imported in yeah 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 for sure like they just didn't have the tech like it obviously doesn't look as good as uh for some reason i'm going back to the planet of the apes the new planet of the apes trilogy That's but fair. like Obviously, the mocap doesn't look as good as that, like, right? Right. <laughs> uh, because it was it was pretty new technology. If if I'm remembering right, that was like Gollum was one of the first like mocapped like main characters, or main at least characters, to be yeah. at least yeah. to be done the way he was. Yeah, yeah. Like Andy yeah. Circus kind of pioneered that. Well, what mm-hmm. was also really amazing, but I always tell people about why Gollum looks as good as he does, isn't just because it was a breakthrough in uh, motion capture technology, but the guy who uh, did the textures for him wasn't a computer guy. He mm-hmm. was originally building a puppet and an animatronic, and when they decided to go uh, the CGI route, uh, mm-hmm. was it they taught him how to use the software? Yeah, yeah, uh, and and, and all that as well as I think uh, Andy Serkis's performance really brings Gollum to life, and like he he moves and behaves like so realistically in so many ways that it's 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 hard to like focus on the imperfections in a lot of places. Uh, and again, like, there's so much good casting mm-hmm. in these movies as yeah, well. Like, I think, f- I think, uh, I think Liam mentioned a while back that like Elijah Wood as Frodo was like one of the best casting choices. Damn near perfect. Yeah. Whole, wholeheartedly agree. Also, Kate Blanchett as Galadriel, uh, Ian McKellen as Gandalf. Galadriel uh, is like 8,000 years, 850 or 800, 8,591 years old or something in that movie, I think. 
Okay, I, I, I know so. she's thousands of years old. Yeah, she's, yeah. Like, she's the uh, oldest character in that in that book, or sorry, in that um, movie. As far uh, as I know, Christ, Christopher Lee as uh, Saruman. Yes, mm-hmm. I love Christopher Lee as Saruman. Um, He's so the, good. The only castings that kind of bug me are the ones that most uh, Tolkien fans complain about, or like uh, Hugo Weaving at times is a little off for me. He definitely uh, has he uh, he definitely has the gravitas for the room. Yeah, I he just doesn't look super elvish. Yeah, I think part of it is also <laughs> yeah, no. just the fact that uh, uh, what is it that those movies came out roughly around the same time as The Matrix, and there was mm. always and everybody's always going to associate Hugo Weaving with uh, Smith from The Matrix. Yeah, for yeah, sure. for sure. Which is just or unfortunate. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the other one is uh, Liv Tyler, but I also don't really care for Liv Tyler as an actor to begin with. Mm. I, I like her in Fellowship. I think she does fine in Fellowship. Uh, it's it's when they they make her like in like the sequels where they make her where she's done only really in dream sequences and she's like super ethereal mm-hmm. that like I feel like the fog uh, and like all that stuff. On yeah, it. that it starts to kind of slip away. Uh, like when she, like when she's, I I think the sequence where she is like bringing Frodo to Rivendell after he's been stabbed by a Nazgul. And like she's riding the horse away from all the Nazgul and stuff. Uh, I think she does great in those yeah. scenes. I think she carries herself really well. Yeah, I just, yeah, no, I, I don't know what it is. Just for something with her that always that I've always just found slightly off. I just don't know mm-hmm. how to explain it. Yeah. Um. And I, I know a lot of people kind of make fun of Orlando Bloom in these movies a little bit. He's great though. I, I think he does really like. He's a little outclassed. Yeah. He's surrounded by like like Ian McKellen and like uh uh shit. What's the actor who plays Gimli? I know his name. Uh, John, John Rice Davies. Davies. John Rice Davies and like uh, Viggo Mortensen and all these like uh, super like like high tier actors. So he he does stick out a little bit, but I he's I, got the blonde only... hair too. Like he's he's yeah. He there's yeah. also I think there's also just the fact that with characters like Legolas or whatnot, they're not there's not really much to them. They're pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that's not really a performance you could really shine with. Yeah, yeah, he he does fine. He does exactly what I think he needed to do. Mm-hmm. I, I think they do get a they start to get a little bit silly with Legolas in uh, Two Towers, and they get really silly with him in Return of the King. Yeah, Vavers. Uh, uh, <laughs> I think it was like uh, how it should have ended, or something that joked that it was like, why didn't you just uh, tie the ring to your arrow and shoot a bow at this point all the way into Vestum? <laughs> Since the only time you ever fucking don't one shot someone is when you need to, like right. li- like in in uh, at the Battle of Helm's Deep when the dude is running with the torch about to blow the wall, and it's like the one time Legolas doesn't one shot someone with an arrow. <laughs> yeah, like you have him like surfing on shields and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Also, it's, uh, it's very. I I I know some people complain a bit about like the legless Gimli rivalry where they're like counting kills and everything. I still I find that to be like uh, really delightful and fun. I, I always thought it was I charming. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I just think it's really charming. Uh, I mean, like especially, and it made the Hobbit movies made me appreciate that even more. Where um, there's that scene in uh, uh, Desolation of Smog where uh, he catches the dwarves, and I'm like. Okay, when was Legolas a bastard? <laughs> like, he didn't speak anything <laughs> about hatred of dwarves of the Lord of the Rings. You can tell he's a little off put, but that's but they didn't just have him say things like, Who is this goblin mutant? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does yeah, there, say there's... that in desolation. Yeah, yeah. Like like Gimli is much more forward about his hatred of elves. Right. Uh and, and Legolas definitely there like 
he he plays up the rivalry for sure but like he, he never talks about how much he hates dwarves yeah. like <laughs> back in the day uh with uh desolation of smog i remember i was it was just like just give him a mustache for christ's sake if you're gonna be this make him this fucking sick <laughs> but yeah i like a lot of the a lot of the um a lot of the scenes that were cut for the theatrical uh uh release were cut for reasons like they don't really add that much um, but they are still a lot of them are still fun like there's a scene in two towers when mary and pippin are just after they've met all the ents are just kind of hanging out drinking like the water from the forest and pippin starts growing inch by inch and oh, mary's what? like no i'm i'm supposed to be the taller one what's going on huh uh, i didn't know i didn't know that was a scene it doesn't yeah it doesn't really add that much but it's like lord of the rings is a heavy series like <laughs> i've never seen the extended cuts like all the way through okay. so well the extended cuts are also interesting because uh they're uh they have the same the same thing not to the same degree that uh the snyder cut had where they did go back and shoot other material um mainly just uh extra pickups or whatnot and just to fill a couple of things that they didn't finish but with again the, it's the, not like the jackson movies with with the yeah, lord of the they, rings or something yeah, i didn't the know rings, they, they did go back and film some slight pickups oh i didn't when, know uh, they announced yeah yeah, they filmed editions. yeah yeah it wasn't like uh shooting a whole third act with like fucking snyder Snyder cut. <laughs> yeah. I do own those three on Blu-ray, but never watch yeah. them. So I do oh, yeah. own them. But yeah, they're they're. <laughs> who knows? If you watch them as like six movies instead of three, it's way more digestible. Which sounds weird. No, that makes a lot of sense. It is. Yeah, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, I mean, but yeah, I'm, I'm, sorry, Colin. I'm still to be opinion that the only scene in uh the extended cuts that I've seen where I think there's no excuse for cutting it was what happened with Saruman, but everybody yeah. agrees with that. Mm-hmm. There's also a fun scene that's uh, in Two Towers that is like the 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 conclusion of like the the Helm's Deep like uh, Legolas versus Gimli uh, like counting kills. Uh, Legolas walks up to Gimli and he's like, "Final count, forty-two. <laughs> and uh, uh, Gimli's sitting on a dead Urukai with a with an axe in his head, and he's like, "Oh, forty-two. That's pretty good for a pointy-eared Elvish princeling." I myself am sitting pretty on 43. <laughs> um, I was uh, also going to throw out, but I've talked with people about this and most of them seem to agree with me that uh, I think Lord of the Rings may be the most, they may be the most violent PG 13 movies ever made. Sure. Yeah. 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 yeah there's, like, there's very rarely blood or gore, but, but like there's a lot of people die. There's a lot of decapitation. There's a lot there of are. really freaky, gross things. There's yeah, there 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 is one scene where there's some intestines, but like it's it's for it's like when uh, Mary and Pippin are with the Urukai and like they're debating whether or not to eat Mary and Pippin, and then the Urukai kills an orc and like meets back on the menu, boys, mm-hmm. and then they all dive in and you see some like intestines flying up. Gross. Well, I mean, yeah, but uh, Peter Jackson's never been one to shy away from gore, and he does no. it in a very tasteful way in some of mm-hmm. his movies. Um, <laughs> like, if you've ever seen Dead Alive, for example, um, which is know. one of his first films, it's a zombie film, it's really fucking gross. Uh, mm. It's incredibly violent. There's a scene with a lawnmower at the end that's very gross. Um, but then, you know, you see uh, Frighteners, for example, and there's a lot of gore in that movie that's again gross but tasteful you know brighteners is also kind of a soft r-rated movie for me yeah that's fair yeah it's mostly just coarse language right for that yeah Yeah. but honestly if if they added more if they added like a a handful of like uh a blood splatter effects into the lord of the rings trilogy it probably would have been rated r Mm, probably (laughs) like the only thing keeping it from not 
like because when people get stabbed or cut or whatever uh they they don't bleed usually unless it's a main character right <laughs> i but, love there's uh a, or i don't know if you remember this lucas but when we were in school that we watched the a documentary about the making of the lord of the rings mm-hmm. movies and i think we were mm-hmm. doing it for sound or something and yeah. peter jackson just like there's scenes where he's just like lounging on a couch at the back of the room with like no socks on and just like a yeah. cup of coffee and he's just fucking chilling. And yeah. you could tell he's just like, Oh man, I'm over this. Could, <laughs> yeah. And you could see how over Peach was when he came back to the Hobbit. Yeah. Yeah. Peach. Yeah, definitely. Little Peach. But I'm, I'm excited to rewatch uh, uh, return of the King. Cause as it stands, I think I enjoyed fellowship the most. Which, as a kid, was my least favorite one because it's the slowest. Yeah, <laughs> it's the enough. least fighting. <laughs> yeah, but like it's 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 a really grounded fantasy story. Like obviously it's epic fantasy, but like what makes Lord of the Rings I think better than most epic fantasy is the hero of Lord of the Rings is not a badass. He's a Hobbit who wants to go home. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's a little dork. Yeah, like, he, just, he just wants to go home. And also, uh, also, um, Sean Astin is Samwise Gamgee. Also, great casting. Huh? Yeah, I would. I mean, I, I you probably heard the argument that Sam is actually the real hero of those entire books. Or, and, For sure, he's know. not the protagonist, but he's the hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah whereas, whereas uh, Frodo and Gollum are kind of reflections of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Like Fro- Frodo, Frodo is always this close to being a villain. Right. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Anything else, yeah. Lucas? Uh, that's basically it, other than the stuff we watched for the main portion of the episode. I mean, that's like 12 hours of your life, so I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I usually rewatch the Lord of the Rings movies at least uh, maybe once a year or once every two years or so. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, if, if you want to borrow the extended cut, I, I have the Blu-rays. So There you go. Maybe. Rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, I'd like to go next, if that's all right. All right. Um, first and foremost, I just want to mention something that Liam and I uh, had a, uh, the dis opportunity to watch the complete displeasure of viewing. Uh, we over Discord, we watched uh, Sia's music. I don't have anything to say that, about it other than fuck that movie and no thanks. Moving on. Um, I, that's it. I don't want to say anything else about it. That's it. Pissed me off beyond belief. I was incredibly infuriated. And again. That's and if I, I like say to... anything outside, uh, what is? And if I say anything outside of his statement, it will come true. Which is, if I talk about this movie too long, I am going to grab my laptop and frisbee it across the fucking room. Yeah, and I don't blame you. I watched a movie called uh, "The Mother of Invention," um, which is a mockumentary by a, a, a director named Andrew Bowser, who is making a movie called "Onyx: The Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls." It just got funded on Kickstarter uh, at the beginning of the month. So that's really exciting. I did pledge to it. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, But he made a movie way back in the day um, called The Mother of Invention. And basically it's about a invention competition. And Andrew Bowser actually plays the main character. He's an inventor, but he's not particularly very good. Um, And everything he makes just kind of flops or whatever. And as the movie carries on, he he slowly starts to um, reveal more and more of himself, more layers. And you find out that, you know, he's in love with this waitress at this restaurant and whatnot. And he wants to be your boyfriend and everything. And um, the movie came out like in the early 2000s and or sorry, 2010. I can't quite remember exactly the, the, the date. 
some of it's uh, some of it's a little dated and not in a good way. Um, there's uh, a, a blackface scene uh, that is goes a little hard, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> please stop!" Oh, no. But it's like I wouldn't call it blackface. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna even try and and redeem it. It's inappropriate. And the rest of the scene is also incredibly inappropriate because it, it you're trying it, it's trying to make you sympathize with him, but he's being a total fucking incel and a total creep, and it's not cool. But then the rest of the movie kind of comes back to that point and why he is the way that he is. And there's this one really really impactful scene where he's talking and talking about how his invention is is ready, you know, and he's like, "This is it. This is the one." And then he starts to cry. And the performance is really well done because he he uses the R word in that sentence, but in he does it in a way where he's like, they're not good, like this is gonna show them why that they shouldn't have ever called me that, and like carries on and is like, this is why they would have called me the, the F word, or this is why they called me this, and this is why they called me that, and he just keeps going into it, and he's just like, this will this will prove them wrong, and it's very cool to come to to get this like, you know, oh he's kind of quirky. Ah, oh, he's a fucking piece of garbage. To like, oh, okay, he's redeemed. And I was like, okay, I can get behind this. I don't mind. And so yeah, uh, it's pretty okay. Uh, you can find it on Tubi. Tubi mm. TV. I didn't even watch okay. it illegally. It was free. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And then the last thing that I have note that I would like to mention is another movie that will segue into Liam's ingestion. Is I watched Godzilla versus Kong. And yeah, it's it's fucking great. <laughs> it's not a good movie. It's not it's not a, like it's a bad movie that's so so good. Like, let me ex- <laughs> let me explain it this way. Remember when we did the convince me cast on a, a what is it? Well, on a Jurassic World, and I talked about how I wish movie a movie like that really absolutely owned its absurdity absurdity and bombast and went all the way from it this is especially if it's gonna be a fucking stupid ass movie and it knows it's stupid this is what i'm fucking talking about yeah yeah it really goes ham (laughs) like it knows that the human characters are completely pointless and it just knows the only reason why they're there is because you need to have human characters in a movie (laughs) right that's it that's the only reason they're there and they and they barely say anything millie bobby brown is kind of insufferable and it's just like, oh, hey. well, it's her, uh, uh, her, the uh, uh, Russell from Deadpool two, and um, mm. oh fuck, what's his name? Uh, uh, Brian uh, Tyree, um, uh, Jefferson Davis from Into the Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Liam, you, you you sound like you're on AM radio right now. It's kind of throwing me off. I don't know what happened. I, I think maybe your mic needs it. Well, well, we'll fix it during the break. So if anybody's noticing at home, that's what happened. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with Liam. It's, it's like there's plot lines that don't go anywhere and are just purely like MacGuffins. Uh, not MacGuffins. Um, what would you call it? Not Deus Ex Machina. Uh, what is it when it just carries the plot along? That's a MacGuffin, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, MacGuffin's usually like an object that that both like the the antagonist and, and protagonist want and they're competing to get it generally oh. okay which this i guess just, kind of this is, is just a plot convi- this is just a bunch of plot contrivances that yeah. move the thing along they just move the plot um, along it's and... also a movie that i could tell changed a lot in the editing room based on a certain scene uh, was it 
of a certain number of scenes some actors got like kyle chandler's back from uh godzilla versus or godzilla king of the monsters he's and got he five only lines. has two he only has like two scenes yeah he's got two uh, scenes he's got like five lines lance, lance reddick from fringe was casted and he only has one line and he gets like top billing due to his contract who's that <laughs> who is he in the movie uh uh he's the new director of monarch he's uh the guy who plays the con the concierge in uh, the john wick movies oh yeah oh yeah um, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, apparently, yeah, yeah, yeah. apparently he had a lot more uh, was it, he had far a lot more scenes but they got cut down oh, uh bummer. and uh one thing that i because i watched this movie with uh two friends of mine who are probably the biggest kaiju fans i know um and we were talking also and, I, and christian agrees that it's much more of a kong movie than it is a godzilla movie yeah it's called godzilla godzilla versus kong but it's very much a you know how Captain America Civil War is an Avengers movie. It's that's the same. It's the same thing. Mm. It's like this is yeah. not a this is not a Godzilla movie. This is a Kong movie, and I so, I'm here for it. I'm here for also, it. Also, uh, this is one thing I don't care if I spoil because this isn't really a movie you can spoil much. But like to give you an idea, Lucas, of the absurdity of this movie. They so, okay have, okay they... so I know what Liam's gonna say. This is a spoiler for anybody at home. Skip 45 seconds or so. They prove that Agartha exists. Hollow Earth. Yeah. Like there is a, in the center of the earth, there is a kingdom of giant big monsters and uh, just a whole (laughs) other plane. Not what I thought you were going to spoil, actually. I thought you were going to spoil, spoilers, Mechagodzilla fucking shows up. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah, spoilers, Lucas. (laughs) But I know you you didn't like the first Godzilla, right? I've never seen a Godzilla movie. Oh, okay. Or a King Kong movie. I think you'd like king of monsters and this one the first okay. one with brian cranston's is kind of a slog and it's like why i don't care about people shut up i just want to see the giant <laughs> lizard and this one it because it kind of does that like the movies went from being oh they're about humans the second one's like okay like we we know we need the humans and there's some human the stuff and then this feels... one is just like fuck the humans monk big monkey punched lizard <laughs> the second one uh king of monsters legitimately feels like a toho godzilla movie if it were made in america it's a much closer like representation mm. of of what godzilla is and then this is more of a representation of what godzilla became you yeah. know in like the kaiju uh like the those kind of movies how they became just fucking absurd just like the rubber suits stopped being realistic and ended right. up being incredibly rubbery and you could see the eyeballs underneath them and there's things like that, right? <laughs> yeah, no, but again, not a particularly good movie, but it was a blast. You know that it's scene, actually... sorry, Lucas, you know that scene in Lethal Weapon 2 when, uh, or those two scenes when Mel Gibson can dislocate his shoulder and then he pops mm-hmm. it back into place? King mm-hmm. Kong does that at one point. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, this is fine with me. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with this. Sorry, Liam. Um, but no, again, not a good movie. Uh, it's But it is probably the Adam Wingard movie that I've seen, which I enjoyed the most, because I don't really care for all of the ones I've seen. Like, uh, or I mean, I didn't mind your next, but I hated the Death Note movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he did The Guest, which I haven't seen, and uh, the remake to uh, Blair Witch, which I've heard nothing but crap about. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else, Liam? Um, then, uh, just because uh, I finally finished the uh, Nathan Drake collection. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, out of all of them, I think... Anything else? 
sorry. Uh, I think uh, the second one is probably the best game out of uh, if I had to rank all of them. But I think the third one I had the most fun playing. With the exception of the ending, because it was fucking bogus. Like that quick time event where you're fighting that guy with a knife. Granted, I was playing it on hard, but... And I've heard a lot of people have it, but it's like... Like, you have to, like, literally time it by a nanosecond to get the knife out of his damn hand. Oh, <laughs> And okay. it's fucking frustrating. Yeah, and you can't change the, the difficulty, like, halfway Oh, no, through. I found out you could turn it down, you could turn down the difficulty, and I just said, fuck it, and decided that, because I was gone on it for, like, two days, and I was getting pretty frustrated. Oh, fair shit. Enough. Yeah, fair enough. Damn. Um, but no, uh, again, very much in, uh, what is it? This one I thought was, it definitely had the most... Uh, was it interesting story out of all of them? I thought like it really gave a, a good, uh, a good idea of uh, Nathan Drake's uh, relationship with Sully and the other characters. It also has uh, probably my favorite uh, set piece out of a game so far. Cause again, I don't think I've played uh, the last one all the way through, but when you're in the crew, when you're in the ship after he's been kidnapped by pirates and then you're like out at sea on like this cruise ship and like, it's coming down and like the water's leaking oh, cool. through and you have to kind get of, out. Kind of like the mm -hmm. great uh, Poseidon adventure or whatever, or Titanic. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, and then you also have to, like, uh, sh there's also still people trying to kill you because Lord knows they wouldn't be trying to get off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, overall, I've enjoyed my revisit of them. If I might try to get a, my hands on the, uh, I was on the fourth one just so I could finally play it all the way through. Right. Is The, the fourth one isn't Nathan Drake, though. Oh, no, it's the, that's the last one. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I uh, thought there Nathan was a spinoff game. Uh, I've been told I've never touched that one. It follows side characters, from what I understand. Oh, fair okay. Enough. I hadn't even heard of that one, but I know that uh, uh, Uncharted Four is directed by the same guy who directed Last of Us. What's his name? Neil uh, something. Neil Blomkamp. No. <laughs> oh, I can't, which also... I can't remember his name, but but like that guy who, uh, which which was a weird choice because those two games made by the same studio, obviously. Mm -hmm. Very different. Yeah. yeah, very different in tone and style. Yeah. And yeah, um, I feel like if we don't figure it out, we're gonna have some angry comments in our thing. Um, so I'm uh, also uh, Neil fun Druckmann. Fact. Yeah, Neil Druckmann. So, there we go. And Bruce fun, Strally. Yeah. Fun Strally. fact for our uh, was it for some of our audience, but uh, so we're doing we're doing a uh, Last of Us TV show for some reason, and it's filming here in Alberta. That's right. They're yeah. filming it here where we live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pedro yeah. Pascal is playing playing Joel. And the girl who played the Mormont uh, uh, in uh, uh, the Game of Thrones is playing Ellie. Bella is... Ramsey is her name. Ah, there you go. Yeah, which is interesting choices. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, uh, I don't see Pedro just... Pascal. I don't see that. I don't. See I'm also all. just kind of. I see Jordan of... Brennan. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I have a feeling that um that Pedro Pascal is going to become like the new Charlie Hunnam or whatnot, where they just try to plug him in everything and try to make him mm. the biggest star ever. And everybody's, he, he seems to be like the single dad a lot. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> or the bombastic, <laughs> just crazy weird dude. You know? Yeah. He's mm -hmm. got two modes. <laughs> that's yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind him. I don't mind him as an actor the same way. I don't mind uh, Charlie Hunnam or whatnot, but I have a feeling, but it's, like what Hollywood loves to do when somebody becomes popular after some has one big hit, they just try to cram them in everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, good for that actor getting work, but like no. it can't get tiring. You got anything else, Liam? Uh, that's pretty much all I've got, uh, gotten into. Cause again, a lot of my other time was spent, uh, uh, reading for good, uh, reading for bookzilla and, uh, 
watch and trying to find ways to watch of uh, uh, what is of a movies for this episode. That's right. <laughs> well, let's move into our recommendations for this week. Um, my recommendation for this week is a YouTube channel. Wow, easy to link. Um, and it's uh, his name is Internet AJ. Um, it's a uh, J is how he pronounces it. Internet uh, J, and it's. <laughs> What he does is he covers and does these deep dive histories of very specific YouTubers and the rise and fall of a lot of them. So, Oh, shit. I think I've seen some of them. Didn't he do one on Channel Awesome? Uh, maybe. Uh, I, I don't know. I, ha- I wouldn't have seen it quite yet. The last one he did was for um, this guy named... Uh, sorry, it's it, the video is called The Rise and Fall of... I am J station from 3 a.m. YouTuber to arrested. <laughs> and basically, <laughs> yeah. so he covers just like these, these YouTubers and these, and these characters and whatnot. A lot of them live streamers, a lot of them like, uh, you know, what do you call them? Um, IRL streamers and whatnot. A lot of these dudes are, are, and people are just vile pieces of garbage. And it's like, no wonder you rose and fall, but it's, it's some of these videos are wildly entertaining, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's my recommendation for this week. Nice. Uh, I can go next uh, real quick. Um, I'm going to rec- I, I didn't really experience uh, anything beside anything new. So I'm going to recommend a book series that um, has uh, the next installment coming out, uh, supposed to be coming out this year. Uh, it's a book series I have talked about on the show before. Uh, it's called The Greenbone Saga. Uh, the two uh, books right now are Jade City and Jade War. Uh, best way, best way I've ever heard them described is they're kind of like the Godfather, but with Kung Fu and magic. Um, (laughs) (laughs) they're pretty sick. They're, they're, uh, the tone, the tone reminds me a lot of Game of Thrones. Um, but it's also, uh, but not Western Europeans, uh, uh, inspired. It's more inspired by like, I believe Hong Kong and Japan are the two biggest like cultural inspirations for, for the story. Uh, they're very, very good. They're not, when I say Godfather, that uh, conjures uh, images of like crime families. The families in the story are not technically crime families. Uh, they do some, they do crimes, but like, <laughs> but like largely what they do is legal just because the culture of this city that they're in uh, depends on them and makes them uh, legal. Right. Uh, but it's, 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 it's very like, political intrigue a lot of like uh shifting balance shifting power balances uh uh, you never know who's allied to who uh you never know who's gonna die next it's one of those kind of stories Mm -hmm. um a lot of really really fun characters uh i I highly recommend this series it's 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 very fun right on liam what do you got for us this week Uh, by oh uh by by fonda lee i should say fonda lee Yeah. yeah her name is fonda lee all right well, I'm going to recommend, maybe just because uh, from Bookzilla, I'm in a bit of a Neil Gaiman mood, but I'm going to recommend a movie that I love that nobody talks about anymore. And that movie is Stardust. Stardust! Directed, <laughs> by, uh, Matthew, directed by Matthew Vaughn and starring uh, uh, Charlie Cox, Michelle Pfeiffer, Robert De Niro, and Claire Danes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Robert it's... De Niro is so much fun in that movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but to give a general premise it essentially uh follows a uh, boy who grew up in this town just in england that's surrounded by this wall that you are not allowed to cross over mm-hmm. they don't they just say it's another world you are not allowed to go over there and uh to impress a uh, uh was it a girl that he loves and shares no affection for wow that's uh 
is sadly relatable. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> they, uh, after uh, the two of them witness a star falling, she um, uh, was it. He says that I will go over this wall and bring you back that fallen star. So he essentially climbs over this wall and or gets over this wall through some circumstances, discovers this star is a human being. And now it's this whole journey of them trying to get back while everybody else wants this star because essentially stars possess a very, a lot of very powerful abilities that a lot mm. of people in this other, this world want. Yeah. And there's things like sky pirates. There's a coven of witches. There's lots, lots yeah. of cool, fun, fun it's stuff. Kind, it's it based off of a like, novel, right? Yep. Yeah. Novel yeah, started, by Neil Gaiman. Ah, yeah. I think I have it, it. It follows it pretty closely. There's some changes, uh, mainly just in the details with some characterization. There's the book. You know, in fact, uh, it kind of like, at least watching the film version or whatnot, like them getting in and out of situations constantly, it kind of, the best way I could describe it is it feels kind of like uh, the Princess Bride meets a D&D &D campaign. Ah, fun. I never thought about it that way, but yes. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> That's how the movie feels. Yeah, no, I've it's a movie that I've loved since I was a kid and I went to go see. In fact, it's what introduced me to Neil Gaiman. Oh, right nice. on. Um, I remember seeing a trailer for it like way back when I was a kid and being like, oh, that sounds cool. And then never went and saw it because my, my, my family never really want, went to saw movies unless it was like Star Wars. Um, right. <laughs> and then as an adult, I'm like, wait, this seems familiar. <laughs> I saw it at the, I saw it at the Calgary Movie Dome back when that was a thing. A nice. Movie Dome. All right. I, I love that movie. Those are our recommendations for this week. That was our ingestion as well. Uh, we're going to be right back with a very fun and exciting episode of the Thundercast in which we are going to be speaking of Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. Kung Fu martial arts action star. Uh, who, yeah, we'll get into it in a minute. Yeah, and, and I don't, Lucas, I'm not sure how I'll ship Dr. Pepper, but I want to send you, I want to send you a care package. <laughs> Like your mom sent you a care package where it's just like a bunch of shit in a box. Yeah, send him a, a what is it? A, a toothbrush, a bouncy ball. Hey, hey, hey! Don't, 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 wood, get, don't tell him. Hose. Don't tell him what I'm sending. Him, okay? <laughs> I don't know. Just go to the Home Depot, see whatever you can find, and then just put it in there. And put like really convoluted instructions in there, so so it makes it seem like that actually builds something, but it doesn't yeah. fucking build anything at all. <laughs> All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Thundercast. As you can see, Lucas and I are living the bright life, and Liam is living in a hobbit hole. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sad, so very sad. It's very dark for <laughs> Liam right now, uh, metaphysically and emotionally. So here we are, Liam. Uh, anyway, today we are talking about Bruce Lee. The uh, one and the only. The one and the only Bruce Lee, father to Brandon Lee, uh, and performer in the three movies which we will be speaking on today are the big boss fist of fury and enter the dragon which okay so bruce lee um uh, born november 27th 1940 in san francisco california commonly known sorry his name was lee jun fan uh commonly known as bruce lee He's a Hong Kong American martial artist. Again, we're just reading the Wikipedia page. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's a he was a kung fu uh, martial artist, most specifically. Um, 
who started out his career essentially as a uh, combat in, in combat sports, judo, karate, mixed martial arts, boxing, um, et cetera, et cetera. And Muay Thai came up sometimes. Muay Thai, yeah. Um, he was a choreographer for a lot of film uh, way back when, and including uh, film in America and in Hong Kong. Uh, and kind of where he uh, rose to fame was in that. Uh, sorry, I'm just pulling it up on his on his channel and his page here. The first movie that he was ever in was in 1941, and he was an infant, and it was called Golden Gate Girl. Uh, little known fact there. Um, but yeah, so he went from being just like a choreographer and then slowly started to move into being a, uh, a director. Um, not a director, sorry, an actor. An a, a, specifically an action director. Um, eventually ended up shooting his own, or directing his own movie, which came out after his death, uh, that movie is called Game of Death, which he only shot um, a good portion of before he passed away and uh, was then completed by the man who had directed uh, Enter the Dragon. Bruce Lee, unfortunately, left us uh, when he was 30 years old, uh, and which Enter the Dragon came out um, exactly three months. Was it one month or three months after his death? Sorry, he was 32. Think, I think it was a month. 32. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. I remember when he first started, when he first had the first big health scare, it was when he was doing ADR for Enter the Dragon. That's right. Yeah. So mm. so he did he did pass away July 20th, 1973, um, from what was known as an, uh, uh, what was it again? Sorry, I'm just trying to find it. He, it was some sort of brain thing, right? Yeah. His brain had swollen uh, considerably, uh, and he had a number of painkillers and everything in his system. That was not what had killed him it was unfortunately the brain swelling which uh, is cerebral edemia is what mm. it was called so yes and unfortunately he did uh, his son has also left us uh brandon lee who passed also away, very young also very yep. young uh died when he was 28 uh he was uh unfortunately killed on the set of the crow um, mm -hmm. due to a negligence with a prop that's right the anyway so it's very sad but let's talk about how much ass he kicked so. <laughs> oh, no, Bruce Lee, uh, what is it? It's almost, when people talk about Bruce Lee, it's not even really as much about the movies that he made, oh, but more like his contr contributions to uh, bringing like Hong Kong action and uh, and Japanese uh, sensibilities into America. I mean, he was Chinese. And, like, well, he did bring some stuff from, uh, how was it, from around there. Fair enough. Like, uh, there's a lot of uh, theme, like in uh, Fist of Fury, there's a lot of, uh, uh, was it stuff yeah, about uh, the the uh, enemy dojo is Japanese? Right? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You, um, Fist of Fury is not a subtle movie. Um, <laughs> no, it, it is very <laughs> no, much uh, about Japanese imperialism. But no, a better way to say would be like he brought a lot of Asian influences over yes. to uh, America during yeah. the Golden Age of Hollywood. That is a very good point. Yeah. So, I think where we'll start is the movie that Liam hasn't seen, just so that we can get it out of the way. Um, and that is The Big Boss. Yeah, which I boss. sadly was not able to watch just because I couldn't find it anywhere. Yes. The yeah, there, like I, I had a tough time finding both Fist of Fury and The Big Boss. I eventually did. Um, but it, they're, they're tough to find. They're very <laughs> hard to find movies, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Fist of Fury, sorry, The Big Boss, originally titled Fist of Fury in America. Fists of Fury yeah, yeah, in plural. America. Um, is from 1971, directed by uh, Lo Wei. I, I I really apologize if I'm going to say these names wrong. I'm not doing. I'm not trying to be insensitive. Please bear with me. But yeah, Lo yeah, Wei, yeah. Um, who actually went on to direct uh, Fist of Fury as well. Uh, this was uh, Bruce Lee's 
probably his his first major motion picture, at least as a as yeah. A he's kind of he's kind of breakout breakout picture, like because he was doing things like the Green Hornet before that, but that was for television. Yeah, this mm-hmm. was his, this mm-hmm. was his first movie. So the big boss is about uh, Bruce Lee um, plays a character um, whose name is uh, Cheng 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 Cheng. Yeah, Cheng Chong, yeah. Uh, who moves back or moves to Thailand to be with his cousins and his uncle and everything like that after having sworn an oath to his mother to never get into any fights, um, yeah. which is signified by a jewel, a jade amulet that he carries around yeah. on him at all times. Mm-hmm. When he and gets... there's sort of there's sort of a uh, uh, a mystery or sort of some intrigue around what the what the company they they all work for is actually doing, right? Uh, which leads to obviously lots of uh, kung fu action. Yes. Uh... It, so <laughs> he yeah. So they work for an ice production facility in yeah. Thailand, and since it's it's not really winter in Thailand, there's not a lot of ice, so it's a pretty big business, you know. So they're mm-hmm. they're shipping out a lot of ice. And inside of the ice are what they refer to as dope. They never really, at least in the English dub, I should say, they never explicitly say that it's cocaine or heroin. Yeah, yeah. But pretty much all three of these movies, well, not no, not Fist of Fury, but this and and Enter the Dragon, it's heroin. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Let's, let's face it, it's <laughs> fucking heroin. Um. <clears throat> yeah, Bruce Lee just kind of comes in, notices that the shit's going down, and then just starts kicking the shit out of everyone. Well, that doesn't actually... He doesn't really start to kick the shit out of everybody until about, like, 45 minutes into the movie. Yeah, yeah, not not for a while. And then and then someone, like, attacks him and, like, breaks the necklace that symbolizes uh, his oath to his mother, and that's when he kind of goes crazy. Yeah. Um, but uh, this was, uh, like, I prior to filming this uh, episode and redoing the research, research for this episode... I had never seen a Bruce Lee movie. Yeah. So I think the big boss was actually a really good introduction to Bruce Lee because you kind of build the tension. You're like, because everything famous about Bruce Lee is, is his fighting and his his martial arts and everything. And his contributions to uh, that, especially when it comes to cinema. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So like I was waiting to see him fight and like watching everybody else fight. And and then I'm like, okay, him him literally just standing on the side. And yeah, watching. yeah, but like personally, I thought that was really fun because like it built up the tension to him actually him actually starting to fight, right? Um, and the difference between him and everybody else in the movie is like night and day. Like even the people who are portrayed as good fighters, like their movements are pretty like uh, uh, I don't want to say sloppy, but like much less controlled. Yeah, more straight than his. Yeah, yeah. And then he starts to fight, and every movement is so fucking precise. And like, you're like, oh, this guy's way better than everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So I do want to get one thing out of the way, real mm. quick. I I thought that a lot of the yelling and like the hiya and like uh, a lot of the clenching of your muscles incredibly tight and moving like mm-hmm. really. I thought that was a joke. It's very real. Oh, it's very uh, no, no. real. Yeah. I, I did not know that any of that. I always thought when they when they put did that in like, you know, action movies parodies nowadays. Yeah, stuff. parodies. I always thought it was a, a joke. No, mm-hmm. that's very real. I do not yeah. know why it's there. What was that? I don't know why that's a part of the fighting so, culture. Uh, so actually, I, I have some knowledge on it. Like from what I understand, it's known as a kiai. Uh, I, I might be pronouncing that wrong. I apologize. But basically, when you 
when you make a vocalization, it tenses up your muscles and you can actually strike harder. Oh, you're like, you're like letting out all the air and everything uh, from your lungs and you can actually like uh, strike harder. I don't know why his go on for so long. <laughs> Probably just to emphasize you, it. Yeah. Yeah. Usually it's like a half second, like, hey, when right. you hit. Right. Like, it, all... it just tenses your muscles and allows you to, to strike harder. Basically. Yeah, we, I remember uh, when I. Uh, it's also intimidation. Yeah. I also remember when I was taking, uh, cause I took a little bit of Kung Fu growing up and I remember, uh, uh what is it? Uh, there would be points when we'd be in class and some of us would, there would be kids being kids and just like jokingly, uh, doing it. And then my teacher wasn't afraid to step in and be like, Oh no, that's a real thing. He's yeah. like, <laughs> Please take it seriously. Yeah. yeah. Cause like after I watched these movies, cause honestly, by the, by the end of like get, go, go, watching these movies, the the long drawn out weird sounds that you make were get, getting on my nerves a little bit. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. So so I, I I did a little research and that's that's kind of what I what I found and like they're like yeah they're not supposed to go on that long like it's supposed to be like half a second like just so you can get a little extra force into your strike right uh, some or, of it or, or like psychologically mess with your opponent or both. Well, I also assume like, some but... of it was also just for like the exaggeration of being on of the film and uh, yeah. just having it come across more than it would if it were just super quick. Yeah, yeah, and also Bruce Lee has such an intense stare. <laughs> oh yeah, so, no, he not a great actor. I'm gonna straight up. I'm yeah, gonna say that's fair. Bruce that's Lee, fair. not a great actor. <laughs> fantastic choreographer, fantastic fighter. When mm -hmm. he's fighting those, when those, when he's, when he's taking on like twelve to fifteen people, sometimes more at one time, it feels like he's really doing it. Oh, yeah, no, you know? uh, Bruce Lee, when it came to came to physicality and like what he accomplished and what he was able to do and just the peak physical form he was able to get himself into. Yeah, like there's a reason he's considered like, as my dad put it, uh, what is it? One of the greatest humans that ever lived, at least on a physical level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, mm -hmm. it's too bad that his yeah his body couldn't keep up with it. You know, it's really unfortunate. Yeah. But yeah, Lucas, I don't I don't disagree with you. That stare and and the snap zooms, like I mean, Tarantino's a fan, but like <laughs> yeah, that like when he's just kind of looking at somebody and they do the snap zoom and it's like oh whoa he's gonna yeah. fucking rip your heart out right now. Yeah, it's, it's like, also I'm scared says, of this guy. It also says a lot because he wasn't a very tall man. No. Like he was, he was not. No, very... but what? Yeah, well, that that is true. But watching these movies, you, you'd yeah. have you fooled. Yeah, <laughs> like it. And, but even just like if anybody was a short, tall, or anything stared at me like that, I would be shitting my pants. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, especially when he's built like he is. Like he's small, but like he's extremely muscular. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So Big Boss like introduce the world to Bruce Lee. At least mm -hmm. North America into Bruce Lee. It's a, it was a pretty big movie back when it went in um, in Hong Kong and in in a lot of Asian countries, um, because it, it was made for a hundred thousand dollars, a hundred million dollars. Sorry, a hundred thousand dollars, and it grossed it grossed fifty million dollars. A hundred thousand dollars versus fifty million. That's five hundred mm. times its original investment, yeah. um, and became the highest grossing Hong Kong film until until. Fist of Fury, which was his next movie in 1972, which I watched uh, for the first time in about 15 years last night. Yeah, so these, <laughs> so Bruce Lee had one of the greatest three, four-year runs of any action movie star, any movie star, yeah. essentially mm -hmm. anywhere on the planet. And he's yeah. what every uh, action star in a mar who uh, what is it has a martial arts background or whatnot is trying to do or trying to accomplish. Yes. 
Usually like, it comes down to people like him or Gene LaBelle or... Well, Jet Li, for example, is in a remake of Fists of Fury oh, or Fist yeah, of Jet Fury. Yeah, Jet Li, Don, Donnie Yen have both uh, done that role. Yeah, that same oh, role, nice. that same movie. And, um, both of, and all of those movies have achieved greatness. And part of it is because they treat it with, you know, the same sort of respect that Bruce Lee did. Moving on, do you, are you, you kind of done with the big boss there, Lucas? Uh, yeah, we don't talk about it too much since Nima hasn't seen it, but right. I just want to add, I genuinely really enjoyed this movie. That's so weird. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, I want you I, to tell me why. Yeah. I, 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 well, maybe, maybe it wasn't meant to be, but like, it also felt like partly like a comedy to me. Yeah. Okay. Like it, was, it, was, it was very intense. It, it could be like very brutal. Uh, with with they they did not hesitate to kill people. No, nope. uh, to kill characters in that movie. Oh well, my god, dude! Bad. There there's so many. Sorry, Liam. There are so many scenes in this movie that the Hong Kong like cinema board were like, you can't put that in there, and mm-hmm. they they don't exist. There's one scene in the in in the Big Boss Lucas where um maybe I'm thinking Enter the Dragon. I could be wrong. I think I'm thinking of of this movie though, the Big Boss where. There's a handsaw, a giant handsaw, mm-hmm. and uh, Bruce Lee puts it through a guy's head, yeah. um, like quite literally, like right here. And mm-hmm. there's a that scene doesn't exist in the theatrical cut and only exists as, as screenshots now. And it, yeah. I've seen screenshots; it's fucking violent. Yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. some. The, the, there apparently there was a cut scene, like because some of the characters die and get put in the ice blocks that the company's making. Yeah. Uh, and apparently there is a cut scene where they actually chop up a body and <laughs> stick it in the ice Holy logs. crap. Yeah, that's what I read. I don't know how true it is, but that's what I read. What I read. It's, but been, like, it's been said yeah. that this movie is one of the greatest, is the Big Boss was one of the greatest things to happen to Asian cinema since fake blood. Yeah. <laughs> Which um, I just love yeah. as, a, as a fun little thing because it's like, yeah. oh yeah, there's a lot of fake blood. I was. Yeah. One, one of my favorite shots, one of my favorite, like, because a lot of these, Again, I don't know if it was intended to be funny, but I found the movie like pretty comedic in a lot of places. Because, like, I mean, at one point this is obviously intended, but at one point Bruce Lee kicks a guy through a wall and it leaves a man-shaped imprint. Oh my god! Instead yeah. of, yeah. <laughs> I noticed. That well, I laughed. mean, I think the reason was that I've always had these things with watching like at least uh, earlier kung fu movies or whatnot, or like uh, just this kind of genre, which is. It's that, like, I'm laughing a lot while I'm watching it, but it's more so just that the fact that it's, like, they just know exactly what they are, and they just go for it. And yeah, like, that's, it's just that's, that that's kind of what I, that's kind of what I, how I felt about the yeah. Big Boss. And I also felt like there is actually, like, we'll get into the other two, but, like, I feel like Bruce Lee has the most actual, like, character in the Big Boss as opposed to the other ones. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. he, he, he has, he has a motivation, he has like kind of a bit of a character arc uh like yeah he has he has like a personality he, he makes mistakes and everything well, yeah, and as Fist opposed of, to just being this martial arts god the whole time right because like in a uh, fist of fury of a plot and like his motivation are pretty bare bones i was just gonna oh, yeah. say speaking of uh martial arts god um yeah so fist of fury a fist of fury came out in uh 1971 i believe 72 1972 72. uh 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 big boss came out in 71 right um, also directed by Lo Wei, and, uh, and originally released in the West as the Chinese Connection, I believe. That's right, and it's okay. So I saw Fist of Fury, a Fist of Fury first. I watched The Big Boss last. I shouldn't have done it in that order. I should have watched <laughs> The Big Boss, Fist of Fury, then I should have watched Enter the Dragon. That's how I did it. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't like The Big Boss very much. 
I was mm-hmm. a little bored. I just was kind of like, personally speaking, I was just like, oh, this is really slow. Probably because I watched Fist of Fury first. Mm-hmm. Um, Fist of Fury just kind of, I was like, no way. <laughs> like when it, he literally makes them eat their words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, he just, oh my God, he just kicked so much ass the whole mm-hmm. movie. Like every five minutes he was beating the shit out of somebody. Yeah. And I was so, I was in for it and I'm still in for it. If yeah. I could watch it again, I'd watch it five more times. He just, <laughs> holy crap. It's so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, one thing I, I appreciate, I kind of appreciate, uh, especially about the big boss into an, uh, and, and to an extent fist of fury as well. Like they're, especially the big boss, largely revenge stories. Yes. But they don't pull their punches. Like, like the character never actually learns that revenge is wrong or whatever. But like, he just fucking goes for it and fucking slaughters everybody. It yeah. is the like, definition. <laughs> it is the definition of a revenge fantasy. He's, yeah, he's yeah, a exactly. murder machine. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, spoilers for the big boss. But it it ends with him getting arrested and going to prison. That's, That's it. The, last the end. Shot. He just gets arrested. Yeah, it's just a crane shot of of him. <laughs> being arrested by like 12 police officers and then yeah. it literally just says the end and you're like yeah yeah exactly okay and i thought you were gonna end. go bang your cousin <laughs> even in the end of fist of fury where like he's done all of this and st- it's like over oh, still more of it it's just yeah freeze frame freeze frame and then, and then gunshots and, and then, yeah then gunshots <laughs> so like his movies don't usually end well for him at least the three that i watched <laughs> yeah yeah enter the dragon doesn't end very well uh well yeah, yeah. it's it's a little bit happier than yeah 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 um but yeah so fist of fury basically what happens is is bruce lee uh plays a character by the name of chen's chen zen so not chang chen uh chen zen uh who is uh, a part of this uh, dojo would you call it a dojo uh i think i think that I don't I remember. I don't. I think they called it a school in the in right. The... It's a school. It's a martial arts school, yeah. um, that is in Hong Kong, I do believe. And basically, the they they start to slowly get taken over. Or sorry, their master is, is murdered, or their teacher, as mm-hmm. they call him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bruce Lee arrives back. Um, home for the school um, for the movie literally just opens with them being like listen he got murdered he got poisoned okay let's go yeah and then <laughs> like we don't we're not gonna fucking fuck around and so he gets dropped in we get dropped in with him he arrives they're having the funeral he's trying to like unbury his his master his his teacher sorry and uh, eventually is just kind of gripped by um, revenge, and he, you, it's, it's revealed over time that um, the reason why he was murdered was because there's a rival uh, at school that's by run by the Japanese. Um, so these these our main characters are Chinese, and this is during the Japanese imperialism. Uh, it takes place during or, sorry colonial colonialism Japanese colonial colonialism. There's a lot of not subtle commentary about what was going on with uh, China and Japan around those around that time period. Yeah, there mm-hmm. and like I was saying earlier, it's not subtle. No. <laughs> it's like yeah. yeah, the Chinese at this point during the production of this movie were not fans of the Japanese, no. and they treat them uh, like okay. lower class. Yeah, and not, not just lower class, but like second tier people. There is one shot that I found absolutely absurd, but makes sense if if you know anything about it is. 
you find out that two of the people who are inside of the school, the Chinese school, are actually Japanese. And the only way that you find out is the camera snap zooms on their nipples. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that either. Of you. I, I do remember yeah. that, yeah. It snap zooms on their nipples, and they have different colored nipples. <laughs> Therefore, they are Japanese. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. And then and I, 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 that that whole the reason they did that went over my head to be honest. Really, because <laughs> because he immediately says you're Japanese after it snap zooms on their nipples. Oh yeah, I guess that I was I was mostly confused as to why the snap zoom on the nipples. Yeah, it was it was confusing, but I got it. I got it afterwards because I was like, oh, mm-hmm. he's saying it because they have different, slightly different colored skin tones, right? Mm-hmm. And so anyway, then. He is like, okay, well, I'm going to kill you both. And he starts murdering people and hanging them up on, like, essentially crosses, um, which are just, like, power lines. Yeah. And he's hanging them. Just straight up brutally murdered them. (laughs) Insanely brutally murdering people. Kicking the shit out of children, out of, like, well, students, but essentially children. Women, everyone. He doesn't care. (laughs) He he does give some of the people in the school, in the Japanese school, a chance to leave, but they don't leave, so he kicks the shit out of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not... Can somebody try to explain to me the the Russian dude? Like, why is he there? Honestly, I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Was was there some... I, I can't remember exactly during that time period if there was an alliance between Russia and Japan. Oh. I know, I know, I know. Around that time, they went to war, and kind of uh, Japan managed to eke out a stalemate somehow. Uh, but I can't remember exactly the history in that era. My knowledge of my knowledge of what is it? Uh, Russia's interactions or dealings with uh, Asia around that time is pretty rusty. Yeah, I don't really know. And I'm sure, I'm sure people from Hong Kong would know a lot. Much, much better. It says he's just a Russian gang boss and Suzuki's friend. Okay. Um, <laughs> Suzuki is the master of the Hong uh, Kuo dojo. Um, oh. So, yeah, I feel like they're just pals. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. And, okay, there, when Bruce Lee, sorry, when Chen just karate chops him in the fucking neck and just breaks his <laughs> neck. I was like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> like, take it down a notch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This guy is literally, this like, guy is a one-man wrecking crew. Yeah. So that's Yeah, the- and he doesn't hesitate to kill people. He just does it. Nope, doesn't fuck around. <laughs> and this is one of those movies where it's like, it's really not, there's really not much to say about it other than it's Bruce Lee going and just fucking kicking the shit out of people for 90 well, minutes or 106 like, minutes. That- and then when he's going through everybody in like the third act or whatnot, like there are points where I had to hold back cheering, just watching it by myself. Like when he takes out the dude with the sword and. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> um, one thing that uh, I, there are a couple things that, that do need to be noted, noted um, with the production of the movie is that the sets are just, I don't know if you notice, but there's sometimes when the sets are literally just all they do is just go. It's, supposed to be two completely different places and all they do is just go to the other end of the set and flip the camera around and it's supposed you're just supposed to be like oh this is a completely different place now okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the other thing i wanted to mention was uh, sync sound was not widely used in uh, hong kong cinema for a really long time so all the voices are dubbed 
even in the Chinese version, in, in, uh, sorry, in the Cantonese yeah. version, mm-hmm. all the voices are are dubbed. Um, yeah. It says here that the voice of the Russian fighter Petrov on the original Mandarin soundtrack was dubbed by Bruce Lee with added reverb. So that's <laughs> that's just absurd. That's uh, amazing. It's a very highly... Um, and, cr- and, and, and some of the sound effects also just do not match up. Nope. Like, I, I remember, like, during one of the one of the s- scenes where someone had a sword and was fighting a, a couple times, really, where, like, you would hear the sound effect of the sword swinging, but, like, no one swung a sword. Yeah. Like- <laughs> There's also just how exaggerated a lot of the sword sounds were, where they sounded yeah. like uh, when you take, like, uh, what we used when we used to make movies when I was a kid... And we would take like tinfoil or whatnot and flick it to try and get a sound right that uh, just oh, off oh, camera oh, 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 sound right yeah, oh, yeah. um it's uh, it honestly be- that's all part of the charm though the, yeah. the bad the bad dubs the silly sound effects and everything at least at least from like uh, the perspective of of like myself uh th- that is part of the reason why i enjoyed these movies is i like, think that's part they of weren't how, perfect yeah, i think that is part of how i got into them as a kid as well we're mm-hmm. like uh uh, what is it where it's again it's just so over the top like the sounds are over the top the fighting is over the top the mm-hmm. uh the performances are over the top but it's so hard just not to get into that yeah yeah i love how this was roughly well i love the I, the music in all three of these movies and just how 70s porno it is and on that <laughs> note let's talk about enter the dragon right. yes so arguably of uh, the most famous Bruce Lee movie. Arguably mm-hmm. the most famous Bruce mm-hmm. Lee movie. Um, uh, I'll, I'll start us off with maybe a controversial opinion. Uh, I didn't think it was that great. Me <laughs> neither, quite frankly. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of respect for re-watching it as an adult. So, Because I first watched it when I was about uh, 10 or 12. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you call it? And like, I definitely enjoyed it a lot, but I never revisited it. I feel like why Enter the Dragon is as renowned as it was is because, like Lee himself, the impact that it left and, like, the, uh, what is it, and, like, how so much of what it did for uh, a lot of things in cinema that I feel like people need to be doing more of. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big one being genre blending. Yeah, because it's a spy film. Yeah, it yeah. has the Bond spy. There's, like, some early black exploitation stuff in there. Yeah, it's a, it's a martial mm-hmm. arts action film that's also a spy film that's also a black exploitation film. Yeah. Um, directed by a white guy. Um, I think he's white. I could be wrong. Um, I don't want to make that mistake. Honestly, for, for me, honestly, one of the reasons I found this movie pr- to be pretty underwhelming was the fact that it was a spy movie. But that's also, I just don't really like spy movies. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Although seeing Bruce Lee as a spy was... It's pretty cool. It, yeah, it's directed by a white guy. Pardon me. Um, yeah, it's just, he... Like I said, not a great actor, and tr- and trying to see him take himself like super seriously. But I also think he knew what he was doing in that this is not a serious movie for me. And like, mm. especially in that the one of the opening scenes when he's dealing with um, like his young student or apprentice, and he's just like he's like, no, you have to you have to use emotional intelligence or emotional strength or something, right? And just being yeah. like, like. What was that? What are you trying to do? Kick me in the face? Mm-hmm. Try it again. Do it again. Do it again. You know? Yeah. Um, emotional, emotional content. Emotional content. Yeah. Not anger. Emotional content. He specified at some right. point. Um, and then one thing I did want to mention was it's, it's something from the beginning that then comes back at the very end of the movie, quite literally for no reason other than I want to break these mirrors, is um, his, his 
teacher, uh, Bruce Lee's teacher instructs him that if you break your opponent's reflection or something like that, then break, like, uh, break their illusions or something like that. Yeah. Break their illusions. Then you'll be able to see the real enemy. And then he just starts smashing. So the, the finale of the movie essentially takes place inside. Well, one of the finales, uh, takes Mm -hmm. place inside of a, uh, a giant weird glass box thing and so he just starts punching up yeah. the glass. Doesn't doesn't one of the James Bond movies have like a similar a lot of movies climax? have pulled have pulled yeah. a lot of movies have pulled from like the whole Hall of Mirrors thing or whatnot. Right. In mm-hmm. fact even just the kind of formula of this movie of like and just a lot of Bruce Lee other Bruce Lee movies really uh made their way into like mainstream action movies which is just making your way through different people or whatnot until you right. get to the final person. Right. Mm-hmm. Or just like uh you arrive at a place there's a little bit of downtime figuring everything out, taking it in. In fact, I've noticed uh, on this rewatch, I noticed a lot of what the John Wick movies probably took away from this. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's... that's actually something I thought about, especially during Fist of Fury. That was reminded a lot of John Wick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's only 99 minutes. Definitely felt a lot longer for me, personally. Mm-hmm. Felt like a quite a long slog. I'm not saying I hated it, but yeah. it definitely had a less of an impact on me than Fist of Fury did. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's 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 good. It's just I I think, and I, I recognize the 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 like significance when it comes to film history. Yeah, for sure. It there is a I mean it's hard for us not to talk about it, not mention it. It's there's some of it is very problematic, um, yeah. hmm. especially with uh, the character of. Um, it's oh, not Roper. It's uh. It's not Han. Her. What's his name? Uh, yeah, no, it's Roper. Oh yeah, yeah, it's Roper. John Saxon. Yep. Who, who, yeah, him, and then also, uh, sorry, I'm having a hard moment finding his name here. Oh, good. How exciting, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Jim uh, Kelly. Yep. That's it, Jim Kelly. Mm, uh, with Jim yeah. Kelly and, and John Saxon, uh, they, like, when the women arrive and he's like yeah i'll take her and her and her and her and her yeah and it's just like like i feel like you could have handled this scene a little bit better like just been like i'll take none of them set them free i think why it's kind (laughs) of off-putting also is because like that's something we still pay homage to in a lot of movies yeah or in some things like i remember uh what's that one i watched that uh rizza directed it was some kung fu movie where a guy walks within four walls no, the man with the, the man with the iron fist. There's oh, this yeah. point where Russell Crowe mm. is like, I want you, 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 and you. Mm. And then he kills another guy who a woman's with just to get her. Oh, gross. Yeah, um, yeah that's gross. So the plot of Enter the Dragon is Bruce Lee plays a character named Lee. Creative, right? Um, <laughs> who is sent to a, a island uh, slash tournament that is being mm. run by a man named Han. Um Han. Who was formerly a member of uh, uh, Lee's like temple? Right. Yep. Uh, you learn that he is being sent there essentially as a secret agent, which doesn't really get explained. Just no, this is happening now. Okay, uh, yeah. you have, you're going to partake in this tournament, but you have your own agenda here. Yeah. Yeah. And the tournament takes place on Han's Island, which is um, basically a place where. It's a drug trafficking ring. It's a drug yeah. trafficking and a human trafficking ring. So they bring in women 
and then get them super dependent on drugs and then sell them to other people. The same thing happens with a lot of like human slaves and all this stuff that they have coming in, like all the drunk um, Asian men that they, they mentioned where it's like they're so mm-hmm. they get so drunk mm-hmm. in the morning they don't even know where they are. Um, yeah. They so they're they're essentially being it's human trafficking and drug trafficking. Um, this time it's very explicitly heroin. Uh, they 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 straight up say it. It's yeah, opium. Verse. It's a giant mm-hmm. opium den. Den. Um, but he's persuaded to go and help stop this. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically it. And like he doesn't really actually do that much to stop it until like the end. Yeah, it like also, honestly, uh, Bruce Bruce Lee felt like almost like a minor character in this movie, which well, is yeah, wild. Yeah, because because yeah. it's it's mostly John Saxon. Yeah, and, it's mm-hmm. kind of just Bruce. It's kind of just like the. I think what I realized watching this again is that it's more, it's more so build around the colorful people that he's that that are also in this tournament and on the island, yeah. and like he kind of gets sidelined a little bit, like. I don't know if this was a directing thing because this was, from what I understand, more of a more American production than um, yeah, very much. So. Uh, was it? Yeah, than uh, other Bruce Lee films. So I'm not sure if that's part of a reason or. Mm-hmm. I like I like how like in in at least in two of the three movies, at some point Bruce Lee has to face off a uh, face off against a big white dude. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and oh. just murders him every time. Yeah. Oh, here's a uh, fun fact. So mm-hmm. revisiting this movie for some reason, because again, I saw a number of Bruce Lee movies as a kid. I thought this is the one where he fought Chuck Norris and kicked the shit out of him. That, that's the way out, that of was, the dragon. That was the way of the dragon. For yeah. some reason, I thought also, he was also known, also known as Return of the Dragon. Yeah. Oh, God. Enter yeah. Because, because uh, after it was released in Hong Kong, they released it. It was, it was, it was released before Enter the Dragon in Hong Kong, if I, if I remember right. But it was released in, uh, in the West after enter the dragon and build as a sequel to enter the dragon even though it has literally nothing to do with it yeah 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 that's why they renamed it return of the dragon instead of way the dragon right Hmm. weird choice but okay very weird (laughs) yeah a lot of these that's the one thing with these movies that's very confusing i'm glad that they've since gone in and adjusted them so that now you can find them under their real names their Mm -hmm. the, the real movie titles um with Mostly, um, uh, sorry, what the word? What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, reconstructed dubs, reconstructed subtitles, mm-hmm. all this stuff to make them as close to the original product as humanly possible. And some of the in... dubbing is god awful. <laughs> I also was gonna say that uh, when these things were getting made and they were getting translated over here, there was outside of like obviously the fact that there was some bigotry. Uh, was it? There is the fact that there. Even outside of ever was even just miscommunications or whatnot, just because of the way we had con- they had contact with uh, the industry out in China or like other parts of Asia at that time. Right. Mm. Like so, there were things that would get miscommunicated or when they get sent over. Yeah, like w- especially with the with um, Fist of Fury and the Big Boss and how that was just like flip them. Oh no! <laughs> it's like <laughs> just, just keep the name. But no. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they specifically called Fist of Fury the Chinese connection to capitalize off of the French connection. Yeah, like, yeah. literally, that's what they did. That is the exact <laughs> reason, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like, we, like we've like we said, like, Enter the Dragon Enter the Dragon's fine. 
it's I, I I can definitely understand its significance and why it is so important, especially like I was saying earlier, the music, that style of music and how that went into leading into a lot of other movies in the 70s, um, even starting Jim Kelly's career um, at, in black exploitation films. It also started a bit of a uh, precedent for how these mo- uh, for how a lot of action movies of the formula and of would structure themselves and the formula would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where exactly where it's just kind of like battle your way to the top. Yep. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Jim Kelly actually went on to be a character named Black Belt Jones in a movie uh, called The Th- Three The Hard Way. Sorry, he was as the title character in. And three the hard way. Oh, sorry. The movie's called Black Belt Jones, and then he was mm-hmm. in a movie called Three the Hard Way. Um, but anyway, he he died of cancer in 2013. Oh, bummer. Um, oh. Yeah, John Saxon also he went on to be in like the Nightmare of Elm Street movies and Black Christmas, and uh, you know he's kind of a character actor in that way. Uh, I think he might have started started along the uh, Bengal Dan House at some point. Who knows? Um, oh. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, it's 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 good to know that this movie. Like Enter the Dragon and a lot of these other uh, Bruce Lee movies inspired so much in so many people. We wouldn't have the Wu Tang Clan if in the way that we have it if it weren't for these movies, you know. Again, I yeah. question. Uh, what is it? Uh, I have a. Uh, what is it? I do have a feeling we wouldn't. We wouldn't have a. Uh, was it like uh, martial arts and action movies the way we do if it weren't for movies like this? No, not probably even, not yeah. even close. Yeah, Bruce no. Bruce Lee was such a huge influence on like Hollywood in general. And especially, especially for a man, that era. Yeah. And especially for a man who was a really only popular for about five years. Yeah. Right? And then became mm-hmm. one of the biggest and in, in is, is culturally considered one of the most important people of the 20th century, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like as a, as a martial artist, as an athlete, as a movie star. Yeah. As, as, as a director and uh, producer, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if he ever technically held the, uh, the title of producer, but like I feel like it's maybe, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just uh, assuming things, but it felt like he was kind of a driving force behind a lot of these movies. He definitely was. Yeah, yeah. He definitely gained a lot of pull in his time and really pushed for uh, things to. Uh, was it to bring again a lot of like Asian influences over into America? Mm-hmm. If you want to learn more about Bruce Lee and the life that he lived, uh, make sure you go and check out. It's it's kind of notorious for being a little bit unfactual but not as bad as oliver stone's the doors but go check out dragon the bruce lee story um which is a uh, biopic about bruce lee came out in 1993 um you know what is that 20 years after his death because he died in 73 is that 20 years yes uh so imagine imagine if he if if like he lived into his 50s or 60s i know right like yeah. what would our world what would what would our what would pop culture be like like i, I feel and there are still i couldn't I mean, imagine one thing that, that gave is me goosebumps great. lucas i couldn't imagine the movies <laughs> that he would have been in you know i mean yeah. one thing that is kind of cool again it's like we built so much almost so much of a legend around bruce lee and everything he accomplished and what and all of that like uh again if you you can go find interviews with uh gene labelle where he still talks about uh working with uh, working and interacting with bruce lee back in the day or like is that uh, the green hornet uh, no, Gene LaBelle is a uh, famous uh, stunt. He's one of the uh, most influential uh, martial artists, uh, judo, uh, judo uh, guys and stunt performers in, I uh, wasn't in cinema. Oh, okay. He's who uh, Cliff Booth in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is based on. Right, right. Oh, okay. Yeah, even Chuck Norris has gone on and saying like, 
And Chuck, fuck Chuck Norris, by the way. I don't know if you yeah. know anything about Chuck Norris, but Chuck Norris is a fucking piece of shit. Um, yep. Beside the point, he was fr- kind of friends with Bruce Lee. But yeah, Bruce Lee, like, he even was just like, no, that guy was fantastic. He was a great mm-hmm. guy. He was a good opponent. Um, I, he's never said who, if, if people have asked him who would win in a fight between you and Bruce Lee, he's never gone on record of saying it because he knows mm. Bruce Lee would have kicked the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of, a lot of this praise and everything. I think does come from the fact that he did die young. Yes. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but like a, a lot of this, uh, a, a lot of this like legendary sentiment around him, it, it surrounds a lot of people who die young. Yeah. 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 And, and when you die, especially when you die on top, right? Mm-hmm. When, when he, yeah, was... there's, there's, there's never a chance for a decline. Yeah. Like exactly. imagine if, uh, like imagine like, uh, not a martial artist, or but like if Kurt Cobain didn't die or whatnot, what things yeah. would look like now? We would have had mm-hmm. two shitty Nirvana albums at least. <laughs> and instead of the three fantastic amazing ones that we have yeah, yeah. again it's just again uh, what is it but uh, was it it's fun to like uh watch bruce lee movies or whatnot but like the influence and the impact that that man left and what he accomplished is almost so much more interesting to me i agree and like uh that uh and just that almost mythical status he's uh was it he's acquired in in the years since his passing mm-hmm. and again but most it's not without warrant or it's not without yeah. merit yeah, the dude. The dude was genuinely an incredible like martial artist and and like stuntman and choreographer and everything. Yeah. Well, I even remember. Uh, I remember even uh, when uh, Christian and I were in Seattle, we uh, made an effort just to go even see Bruce and Brandon Lee's graves when we were there. That's right. Huh. Which you know, on that note, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up, Liam. I was I didn't even know if we were going to bring it up, but yeah, Liam and I went and saw the the, the grave site um, for them and. It's customary, especially in a lot of like Asian um, graveyards, uh, to place um, pennies as an offering on a lot of graves, and and even just in general, um, just as like a, a good luck for you and for the dead and whatnot. And you know there was hundreds of pennies on their on their um, headstones, but you also had people taking pictures, like selfies, with the headstones. And Liam and I were both like, what the. F- Fuck. Like, I, I took a I weird. took a picture of the stones, but I would draw the line. I have a big problem with people taking selfies in front of graves. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not quite as bad, but it's like up there with people taking selfies at Auschwitz. Yeah. Like, exactly. Don't do that. Had such <laughs> a great day at you. Auschwitz. It's like you shouldn't have had a great day at Auschwitz. No one no. has ever had a great day. Yeah, oh, it's, God. It's, yeah, it's not it's not it's not something you do. Like I wish I wish this wasn't a video podcast so I could remove that joke. But <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. Anyway, fuck me. Um. Okay. Um, <laughs> I. Okay. Let's move on. Um, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. Fantastic. Bruce Lee. He's great. He's great. Really yeah. unfortunate that he passed away when he did. Um, you know, his wife went on to write a number of books, and she was also a. Um, a martial arts teacher on her own right. Um, His dad was a uh, Cantonese opera singer and film actor. Same thing with with his mother. Like he, the the man had a very interesting life. His wife was named Mm -hmm. Linda Lee uh, uh, Cadwell. She's actually still alive. And members Uh, were his kids, uh, Shannon and Brandon Lee. Yeah. Shannon Lee, who was both Brandon and Shannon both went on to be, um, well, Brandon went on to be an actor for a short period of time and Shannon went on to be an actor for, and still has acted. She was in blade. <laughs> she plays a resident. Oh. She's not in a lot of stuff, but 
uh, mostly just television. Uh, pr- she's a producer, most first and foremost. She produced a, a movie called Be Water, which is a documentary about her father that came out last year. Um, it's on mm-hmm. American Netflix, so get yourself a VPN. Anyways, next on to our sponsor. <laughs> no, um, and uh, Brandon Lee, if a crow was any, any indication, he had a very promising career before the yeah. unfortunate circumstances happened to him. Yes, very that much did. so. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, he... Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to see if I can find anything more about uh, about Brandon that I didn't know. But yeah, he only died. He died when he was 28, which is really unfortunate. But anyway, Bruce Lee, what a guy. Bruce Lee. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us gush about um, the man that was the legend, the dragon. <laughs> and it's a shame that uh, that we go from this episode talking about a very admirable, amazing, uh, was it amazing uh, contributor to. Uh, martial arts and film to next uh to next week where we talk about a big fat piece of shit that's right yes <laughs> a, 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 a person who is not a good person for uh martial arts was really and even once tried to claim that he taught something to bruce lee yeah no <laughs> not true all right thank you everybody for listening to us talking about bruce lee we're gonna go for a quick break and we're gonna be back with another great and fun edition of cool wars great timing boys all right we will be right back Gas explosions are not something to dick around with. <laughs> nope. Liam, I would Definitely hate it not. if you exploded. I mean, it'd be kind of cool if that was how you died. I'd just be like, <laughs> yeah, Liam, <laughs> Liam, I just imagine us doing the fucking show, Lucas, and it's just you and me. And I'm just like, yeah, so Liam died. Have... Lucas, I can't even say it. How did he die? Explode. Or imagine, or imagine <laughs> exploded. if we were in the... <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Thundercast, the final segment of our show. Uh, We are going to be doing another fantastic edition of Cool Wars. Cool Wars. Cool Wars is an entirely arbitrary game that we like to play at every single episode of the Thundercast in which we go through a list of characters that we have created that's entirely arbitrary and uh, and totally ridiculous. And uh, it's a list of cool characters that we are pitting up against each other. In, in 1v1 battles of coolness, coolness is evaluated on the, every definition of the word cool. Uh, so feel free to go and Google that and find out more about what it means to be cool. Second rule is they are not physically fighting. There's no fists being thrown here. It's purely a battle of cool. If that were the case, a lot of these fights would be over pretty quick. Very quickly. Liam, who? <laughs> Especially this one. Yes. Yeah. The, yeah, oh, yeah. Liam, who do we have on the docket today? Uh, today we have <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite uh, from Napoleon Dynamite versus Deadpool from Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. Napoleon Again, Dynamite I'm, and, versus And I'm going to assume just for uh, the benefit of Lucas and most others that we're going off a of movie Deadpool because yeah. comic book Deadpool yeah. is very yeah. different. I think that's fair. Liam, you want to put uh, eight minutes on the clock there for us? Already said. All right. And... Three, two, one, let's jam. Okay. Napoleon likes to carry tater tots in his pocket. In his pocket. In his pocket. He know he can tell you what is wrong with every single glass of milk that is given to him. He knows when the chickens have large talons. He's got a best friend that ends up becoming the president of the school. Doesn't He's he? got those killer dance moves. Those sick dance moves. <laughs> he tries to hook up with Haley Duff. It doesn't go well. Good on you. You don't want that because uh, she's a he jerk can draw, in the movie. He can draw ligers like nobody or ligers like nobody's business. Fantastic ligers. 
The thing is, he is a little bit of a dork. He is a and little he bit, is also kind of an asshole. A little bit of an asshole. <laughs> he does kind of have a little bit of a redemption story as the movie goes on, you know, with uh what's her name again? Deb. Uh Deb. Yeah. Yeah. Um with the two I've seen that movie many, many times. Um Um he stands up to his uh dick uncle. Yes. Yeah, Uncle Rico. Uh and also to his brother, who's also kind of a, a jerk to him. You know, the only yeah, person well, he doesn't Kip, get a chance to to stand up to is grandma. I mean, Kip's kind of a bigger loser than he is. Yes, that's true. <laughs> okay, Deadpool. Um, Deadpool uh, is more of an asshole. He's than, a mer- uh, <laughs> he's a mercenary. He's a- he uh, he's a mass murderer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but he also has a great weighted sense of humor about everything. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Um, and uh, he will Dead- he will he will do absolutely anything uh, for the people he loves, or at least that one, at least one person that he loves. Yes. Or, uh, <laughs> I don't know. He did he did a lot for Russell in Deadpool That's true. too. That's true. That's true. Oh yeah. Um, and actually, quite a bit for um, Cable. Like, yeah. Qu- quite yeah. a bit for Cable. Mm-hmm. So. That's true too. That's yeah. true too. As I've said many times, this version of Deadpool is a lot more sympathetic than the character from the comics. That's very. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. He's also played by Ryan Reynolds, who's who's extremely charming. Yes, yes, that is is a good point. Josh Heater, John Heater, John Heater, John Heater, John Heater, also also very charming and a really nice guy. I I met him at a con when I uh, what is it a couple of years ago. Thing is, is I feel like uh, Van City Reynolds. I mean Ryan Reynolds uh, (laughs) would also be a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't heard anything bad about him. I've never heard of I've yeah. never heard of uh, John Heater dr- dressing up as Napoleon Dynamite and going to uh, hospitals and hanging out with sick kids. I have heard that I mean, about one shitty Ryan thing about John it's Hater, true. not Napoleon Dynamite, is that he did support Mitt Romney in the 2012 election. Oh, <laughs> I don't think Napoleon would have done that though. No, he, he'd support Pedro. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, that's one of the few jokes from Napoleon Dynamite that I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, for Pedro. It's funny. Pedro. It's a funny movie. It's not. Yeah. It's 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 actually aged fairly well. I would say. Yeah. Um, it's rare for comedy. Yeah. But uh, uh, Deadpool also has has swords, which is cool. True. But um, does he have <laughs> sick dance movies? Yes, he does. Actually, he does. He does. If he loses his legs, they could grow back. Yep. Man. Yep. Which is pretty cool. Um. Hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think of other points. Uh. Yeah, because I feel I feel like we just kind of uh, I'm perplexed on this one. Kind of came to realization, but yeah, um, no, uh, that's a good point. But uh, just because you can re- regrow your amputee, like here's the thing: if Napoleon Dynamite became an amputee, he'd probably learn new sick dance moves, and then would true. would inspire the nation. I think why I've always <laughs> found uh, Deadpool as interesting as he is in the movies and the comics is because is the fact that he's a person who doesn't really have any understanding whatsoever of what's right and what's wrong. But he does genuinely try to be him, the best version of himself, even if he doesn't really understand what that is. Mm-hmm. And I find that really interesting. Well, and Napoleon yeah, Dynamite sure. has well, Napoleon Dynamite has the Daria thing, where we yeah. where they are un- just trying to survive school despite mm-hmm. how much it fucking sucks. And he's just unapologetically himself, you know, like yeah, he, which is pretty cool. He, he never tries to be anyone but Napoleon. Mm-hmm. You know, even when he does try and he like goes to the prom or whatever with what's her name? Uh, uh, Trish. Yeah, when he goes to the prom with Trish, like, even then he's just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna leave. All right, I'll bye." 
know, like, <laughs> like he he just I can, doesn't. I can relate to that. Yeah, he just doesn't fucking care. You know. Wait, were you Napoleon Dynamite in high school, Lucas? If I were Daria, <laughs> I think if any of us were going to do a Napoleon cosplay, Lucas would nail it. <laughs> just the cosplay, though, not as like personality-wise. I mean, mm. I could. I don't think I'd want to do a Pedro cos. That's racist. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I'll do. I'll do. I'll do a uh, what's what's the guy's name? Ooh, uh, he's got the dojo, Max Rex. Is it, Rex, is it wait, Rex? What? Yeah, Rex Nojo. Rex Nojo. Yeah. <laughs> Rex uh, No Dojo. Yes. Or whatever it is. I don't know. Played oh, by Deidre no. Bader. Played by Deidre. Oh, Bader. that's right. There you go. Yeah. I got. I got mine. I, I, th- I think I got mine too. I guess. Mine. All right. Ready? Pause. Three. Two, two, one. Napoleon. Napoleon. I tied because because uh, oh, okay. I because res- I think I respect both those characters, but for very different reasons. I have trouble choosing between the two of them. Unfortunately, I'm due to the democratic process. Napoleon is the one who is moving on. <laughs> Since you kind of ha- you have voted for him, so yeah, you, you did you <laughs> totally. All right, there we go. I, I mostly I mostly voted Napoleon because he is not a murderer. Um. <laughs> All right, Napoleon, welcome. To the winner's circle. Alongside you, we have characters such as Juno, Han Solo, Iron Man, Caesar from the Planet of the Apes, Sarah Connor, Darth Vader, Wolverine, Elizabeth Salander, Indiana Jones, Godzilla, Jules Winfield from Pulp Fiction, Princess Leia, John Wick, Daredevil, Spider-Man, Cliff Booth, Superman, and a few others that will be mentioned at a later date, um, as they have <laughs> not been added to our winner's list. Um... Yeah, there we that's, go. That's it. I was kind of surprised that that I uh, like when I, I going in, I was like, I'm I'm voting for Deadpool, obviously. <laughs> but then, but then you guys convinced me that Napoleon's kind of cool. He's fucking <laughs> cool, even though yeah, he's kind of an asshole. But he's a teenager, so it's like they're all they're all yeah. What well, teenager isn't suck. an asshole? Yeah, exactly. All right, thank you for listening slash watching to this episode of the Thundercast. <laughs> if you like if you like what you watched, be sure to go to Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube and find us at Thunder Lizard Collective. You can also go to Twitter and find us at Thunder Lizard OG. If you like what you heard, be sure to tell a friend, share us on social media, follow us on Spotify, give us five stars on iTunes, and do the equivalent on any other streaming platform. We have two other shows that we, uh, we've been doing. Um, the first one is uh, a new literary podcast called Bookzilla, where Liam, Lucas, and I are talking about uh, Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman's Good Omens for our first season. Uh, yeah. That's right. We are very excited about that one. Uh, and then our other show is Thunder and Dragons, which is a D&D podcast hosted by Lucas down there at the bottom as our Thundermaster. Uh, Liam, myself, and Dan uh, are guided through godhood at the hand of Lucas. If you like what you heard, you can also support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash thunderlizard. And on that note, I'd like to thank our patrons. So, Kate, Tanya, Scott, Manos, and Owen... Your support is so, so greatly appreciated. You help us make these shows. You make us, you motivate us. You, you push us to, to, to do things and try th- new things and, and give you new and interesting content that, you know, we just, we really appreciate every single one of you. Uh, the only one other thing that I did want to pitch is uh, Lucas and I stream on Mondays. 
we like to play video games on Twitch and our YouTube channel. So go check that out. Uh, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's the way. And that's it. That's the show this week. Wow, I whipped through that. I'm getting better yeah, every single well fucking time. Oh, I'm so, so proud of myself. After after like two or three years of doing this, we're finally getting okay at it. I know, right? <laughs> this has been the Thundercast for this week. My name is Christian. My name is Lucas. I'm Liam. See ya. So you can post different videos to a specific website that hosts videos of an adult variety. Um, you can post your own videos on there. Should I start posting the Thundercast on a fucking Pornhub? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs>